It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 65 of the Redirect Podcast. It's Friday, January 11th, 2019. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. Joined this week by Patrick from the Black Truck team. Hey, Patrick. Hey. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy, happy New Year. It is uh, 2019. We are we are back into things here, so hopefully uh, you've survived the holidays, uh, taken an extra week to get out of email hell and back into the swing of things. Uh, I think last week was uh, very foggy for most people. We've taken about a month off from the Redirect podcast, so looking forward to 2019 and getting into it. I think... Uh, uh, some new content, some new ideas, um, reaching out to a few of our other industry peers to line up some some guests. So I think we're going to mix it up a little bit and, and have some fun. So yeah, it'll be good. Um, I think we wanted to dedicate this episode more to, uh, you know, typically our format and our style is I have no idea what the other person is going to be talking about and bringing up. Uh, so it's very much conversational style. We do this in kind of one one shot, one take, no edits, um, shotgun approach. Um, but I think this one's a little bit different in the sense that we probably have a general direction on what each of us is going to talk about. And that's more, uh, you know, what did we learn in 2018 that, that worked, what didn't? But most importantly, uh, what's search marketing look like in 2019 moving forward? And uh, so... Um, you know, every year it seems that there are many predictions from our peers in the in the search marketing community on what to expect, what might work, what what might not work. And um, I've consumed a bunch of information in the past couple of weeks, and and kind of what I've come up with here is an outline on on a few things that I think that we agree with, mm-hmm. and we would consider not only hanging our hat on, but being pretty confident that in stating that some of these things should be considered. For, for this year moving forward in your strategies. What's interesting enough is there's no, no big, uh, there's no big bold uh, prediction. Nobody in the industry has come out and said, uh, you know, again, like last year we, we discussed voice search to no end and everything like that. That's not really yeah. uh, a thing right now. Right. So and we're not going to get into this topic of SEO is dead and blah, blah, blah. That's another one that actually I have not read lately, yeah. anybody claiming that SEO is dead. So that's that's good for everybody, I suppose. Yeah, they're starting to learn. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. the, it's the trickle down of educating the right people about the right things and elements of certain SEO archaic practices are dead. Right. Well, look, it even uh, uh, just recently uh, somebody caught wind that uh, Google shared information, leaked information on how they approach SEO and it's very much, I don't want to say slow and steady wins the race, but it's um, uh, it's tactical changes along a, yep. a period of time, and uh, and that's how they're growing things, you know. Was that, there, there's 7,000 internal pages? I don't, remember, like, I don't remember the I exact one, yeah. um, but it just goes to be a big reminder that SEO is very much a marathon, 
mm-hmm. right? That's the long-term game that, that we're playing. And, and whereas things like uh, uh, PPC, so your SEM mm-hmm. side and, and uh, your paid socials of the world and things are, are that short game instant, uh, instant gratification. So anyways, let's jump in. Uh, big, the big standout of everything that I've kind of read is um, more performance, Right, so mm-hmm. content aside, audience aside, we can we can talk about that. Is just strictly more performance. Um, how do you eke out as much performance out of your site as you can? And and when I bring that up, it's it's very much on the subject of uh, things like site speed and um, you know how do we how do we really make a site perform better. Uh, from from this technical perspective. So um, anything that is going to help the machine get through it much faster is going to be is going to be better. So on the technical aspect, we've got speed. So how do we how do we become simpler, faster? Um, you know, we know that Google's re, uh, rewarding sites that um, are probably a, a little bit faster to this whole first meaningful paint. So that's the the content that's actually relevant to you and I as human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the faster that it gets to that, typically those are the sites that are rewarded. So if you're dealing with a site that has just a slow load speed in general, you know, use Google's free page speed tool um, and see what the bottlenecks are. Um, that also will transcend into um, your paid search campaigns too. You know, Google isn't going to really like the fact that you ha- are serving up slow-loading pages to yeah. people that you're advertising to. Yeah. Um, so we've seen that a number of times. You'll still pay for the click. Right. You're going to pay for the click, but eventually Google's going to say, geez, I really don't want to send people to this page because it's a poor user experience. Um, one that keeps coming up, too, uh, JavaScript. Um, you know, big frameworks uh, that are heavily JavaScript-driven. Um so you might want to know a little bit about JavaScript. You might want to buddy up with a, with a developer uh, if that's not your key area. And then uh, one recommendation that came out of some, some SEO trend articles, um, specifically uh, from SEO Journal, uh, our search engine journal, was uh, uh, the concept of progressive web apps or PWAs. And this was something I think that even goes back to 2016, 2017, uh, Cindy Crum at Mobile Moxie was talking about PWAs and um, you know how how you can basically keep the the uh, you you're trying to create a keepable experience, if you will, for your users that would likely put it on their home screen. So um, it's it's nothing that we've dealt with yet here, but it is a it is an interesting performance mm-hmm. uh, concept. The other thing on the technical side to touch on here too is um, a lot of last year was AI and machine learning. I I think it was probably, it seemed like every discussion or industry event that we attended in in 2018 was fueled by machine learning and and AI. Yeah, Um, automate. That hasn't changed. No. If anything, it's, it's progressing. Yep. And so you need to focus on things like ways in which you can assist those applications. So yeah. machine learning and, and AI get through your site. Yeah. Uh, structured structured markup. Um, so structured markup. So like schema schema language and vocabulary. It, it helps be the link between the topics 
and behaviors. So um, that's you know your information architecture, metadata, structured markup. So those are the big those are the big standouts for me outside of content and audience, which we can talk about. I'm curious to see yeah. where where you're going to go here. No, yeah, I don't I don't have um, a lot of things different than that. You know, it's kind of all on, on the same page. And the the few things I see in there that were pushed a lot in 2018 to start the year off was the the automation and the um, SEO for voice. And mm -hmm. uh, both of those ultimately turned into the same thing mm -hmm. as far as um, the the answer is do everything to keep it human and clean yeah. because those are what the algorithms feed off of. And as long as you can maintain... Um, writing for humans yeah. and not writing for robots, then the robots and the personal assistants will accelerate. Which, which falls into Google's whole uh, uh, EAT model, right? Mm -hmm. Expertise, authority, trustworthiness yeah. uh, as your site, as your brand online. Yeah. Using the automation tools is one thing because you have to be able to program those automation mm -hmm. tools. Mm -hmm. you know, but then the data that those automation tools are using to create your reports... Um, are are being generated on the data that was used to create those pages. Oh yeah, so so like I, I think specifically uh, back to MozCon 2018. Brittany Muller from Moz talks about um, using it was either I think it was machine learning mm -hmm. aspects to you know I think the example she used was say a large e-commerce site. Um, to build out page titles and descriptions, mm -hmm. uh, what I refer to as automagically um, using machine learning or AI yeah. to, to knock those out for you instead yeah. of having to manually do it. To your point that you kind of always made was, that's great. However, if there's no content on there or right. thin content that's not relevant, it, what is it what's it going to build from? Yeah, what's it going to pull from? If you remove all the, I always like to use the word fluff, the fluff content. Mm -hmm. If you pull all the fluff out of there and you're left with just the, the meat of what that page is. Yeah. It takes, if it takes me, you know, three minutes to find that sentence that gives me the answer mm -hmm. that's buried down in the page, what is Google going to grab? Who, or what is, what is this automation tool going to grab? Mm -hmm. You can build all the automation you want, but if you're just grabbing different layers of, of dirt, yeah. you know. And, and uh, this, what can be said about Google can be said about Bing too, right? Bing's following suit with yeah. the whole idea of uh, they're going to reward uh, EAT um, in the sense that uh, they're, uh, one of their senior program managers mentioned uh, um, that that really their algorithm is going to be built that would rank documents in the same order uh, that us as human beings would. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I placed five five documents or five pieces of content down in front of you as a human and said which which one would you rank this as the best, and you pull out mine on top, you know, that's how you're going to win. Which man, if you're ever questioning that, go invest in some user testing and see mm -hmm. how people people interact with. You mentioned Bing too. That's always an interesting one that I feel like I personally neglect. You know, it's it's. I 10, think most it's, do. Right? Yeah, it's ten to fifteen percent of, of traffic on average. I would say. Yeah. And <clears throat> you wouldn't just 
ignore 10 to 15% of your clientele. No. You know, you've got 10 to 15% of your audience is, is coming to your site from Bing. Agree. You should provide some attention to it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I don't do enough in Bing on that one. Yeah. The easiest place to start there for, for most people, if they're, if, if maybe this sparks some, I guess, ideas in mind, I'm like, oh, gee, I should probably do the same thing. You know, Bing's own webmaster tools is a great. That's a great tool as well to use, mm-hmm. uh, just to see how Bing is is crawling and indexing your site as well. Right. Um, see if there's any bottlenecks there. Yeah. Most of us obviously trend toward how do I optimize for Google, but yeah. you know, it goes back to probably one of the number one things that you should be doing anyways. And I think we've always preached it here, uh, and hopefully educating others as well as understanding your audience. Uh, and then growing that into um, the why. What's the intent of that audience? You know, if if you don't know what your audience wants, meaning how they want to consume information, where they're at in their space and time, you know, set SEO on a shelf. If you don't understand those things, what good is anything yeah. that you produce? Yeah, it's definitely a um, start from the back end and work your way forward kind of mentality. It's it's what one of my personal things I like to do is break break everything down into its individual parts and then rebuild it. Mm-hmm. You know, once I can see all those parts, I separate them into piles and then I put them back together. And I'm talking about websites, not organizing the garage. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's uh, it sounds silly to do, but I can see things so much better. And that that kind of will transition me into a, another section I want to talk about here is. Um, through the end of 2018, with our personal workloads in here, is feeling overwhelmed with a lot. <laughs> Q4 is always and, busy. Yeah, yeah. And so what I'm focusing on right now, personally, as a workload, is organizing and putting together a three-month plan and then a six-month plan. Or How do you organize your, your search marketing work? Yeah, the, the, the personal <clears throat> workload that you have in the work. You know, it's here we do uh, PPC and we do uh, SEO on the organic side. So it's two different hats we have to wear and two vastly different programs mm-hmm. uh, as part of you know studying what the trends of the industry are doing you still have to be able to do it properly if yeah. you want to practice a new tactic or a new skill that you see out there in the world you have to schedule that in you have to pencil yeah. it into your schedule and find a way to do that and that's something I think I, I didn't do good enough I started to like <laughs> I tried to in 18 uh, it's something that I need to do even more of well, I can appreciate the self the self reflection as everybody's probably gone through, but you know, reflect on your marketing goals. How how did did you hit them? Did you hit your objectives? As you're trying to plan things out in the future, you know, is it less uh, what we refer to as blocking and tackling? Mm-hmm. So the fixes that always come up in in search versus uh, all right, we really need to push into this area. How do I dedicate and carve out time in in my uh, schedule in my budgeted schedule to be able to to, to look into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's key. Awesome. What do you think about um, voice search? I think voice search is just an, another way of saying search. I think it's going to be the exact same thing it is right now, and there's no extra attention that needs to be placed to it. You mm-hmm. know, there was uh, my big prediction a year ago. And the debate then became, is there a difference between uh, your home assistant versus voice search? That's right. And those are two very different things. Uh, Voice search is alive and well. I use it daily. Yep. However, I'm still speaking the way I would do. I would type a search. And as long as you are optimized to uh, 
keep your content human. Natural language. Natural language. Mm-hmm. If both are going to be, it's you're going to win. So I, I think that that uh, that's it's an interesting kind of way to pull that back in. So the big, I think the prediction you made last year that we totally poked fun at, and it was actually a good piece of conversation all year long, was you had said that it was going to plateau. And um, I personally was on the fence. I could go either way. I said, I don't, I really don't know. I could see it growing with the device sales and things like that, or it's going to be a, a one-hit wonder. Um, to your point exactly, it's natural language is probably what we should be having that conversation around. Um, the, it's, uh, it's more about realizing that those types of searches that are done uh, on the phone through a voice prompt are um, answer like conversational, if you will. Mm-hmm. So the, the topic is right conversational search journey. Where are you at on that? If, if your device is set up properly to be able to ask those multiple uh, questions and have a conversation in that way to kind of get to keep whittling down, uh, you know, your content is still key in having to serve that, that niche, that purpose. Right. So um, it, it, it's going to gain uh, prominence, right? In, in 2019, the, the thing that we're saying is it's still not there yet. Agreed. So what would you say then, where would you invest, where would you invest your marketing dollars in, in 2019? Like if we were to make a prediction, if you're, if you make a prediction and I'll give yeah. mine, where would you focus your, your marketing dollars? And we've talked a little bit heavy on the SEO side, but I yeah. would say that it's a wide open. Yeah. I would put it that. into more, um, precise and detailed PPC <clears throat> breakdown and do more audience geo or or um interests different segmentation yeah, within the yeah, definitely i think uh the based on the way i've grown as an seo i i see that being more valuable on on sites that are already optimized so you're saying if you're if you're uh some might call it ranked out in in a number of things for on the seo side right and you're already running ppc campaigns uh, how do you make a more effective or efficient use of that yeah. budget? Because cost per clicks are only going to, you know, supply and demand. They're they're going to rise and fall, but mm-hmm. they're. I mean, eventually they're only going to go, you know, potentially go up. So you're you're thinking, uh, um, you know, basically you need to have better segmentation, be very detailed about about what it is that you're doing. Right, right. Okay. You know, get get rid of the tire kickers mm-hmm. and better better vet your audience mm-hmm. and. You might have um, clicks, might clicks and impressions might go down. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have less visitors to the site, but you'll see those those uh, page views go up. You'll see time on site go up, mm-hmm. and it'll lead to ultimately better conversions. I feel as well. How do you feel about um, what do you, what do you think about other formats? So you know when we talk traditionally about PPC, we're thinking mm. search. Yeah. You know, but what do you think about display? Um, Paid social, video. Yeah, I mean they all they all in every, a true integrated campaign. We want to do it all, but right, right. And every industry and every product is going to have a different niche and where it fits. Mm-hmm. And I think take advantage of some of the the free tools to to start with that you don't have to pay extra for. For example, when I really started pushing at the end of the year was um, Google Ads partnered with 
Google My Business mm. activating the locations extensions mm -hmm. in um, ads. Yeah. Because that draws in your Google My Business, which creates the ability. Un, un, no, you have no control as, a, as an ad manager, but it brings in ads in Google Maps. So you're saying instead of, uh, if I can break this down to be a little bit more specific, is you are... You're saying instead of running your standard campaign, you talked about better segmentation, uh, whether that's geolocation, uh, audience layers that we can mm -hmm. now add in, which we see great results from, uh, which is a kind of a, a morphs in from the display network, mm -hmm. to also making sure you're taking advantage of, I call it air quotes, all the things, meaning all of the extension opportunities that make sense for your business. Uh, as well as um, different ad unit types and things like right. that. No, that's really good because it's no, we can argue it's no additional cost or not, but it, it isn't in the sense you don't have to do any creative. You just yeah. need to link the two yeah. it, 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 and it, enable it. Your cost is your time in monkeying through to get an active. And the cost per click. And the cost per click, right? right. Your additional exposure to more potential places mm -hmm. for your budget to spend faster. Mm -hmm. However, it's an audience that you're not currently reaching that you need to reach. True. And, and I think to that end as well, um, you know, a, a growing trend, I think, for, for 19. We saw it in, in Q4 here with the big sales season and holiday mm -hmm. shopping season. Google Shopping specifically will continue to be probably one of the most volatile yeah. in, the, in the paid space. The giants are, yep. are dominating. That. They are. They are. So if you, if you have uh, – if you're up against the uh, – major retailers of the world, I'm not going to name any names, but if you're up against the major retailers of the world um, who have the large ad dollars, depending on your market, it, it, it's, going to be, it's going to be difficult. I'm not saying that you're not going to get your name on the board. You're not going to get your name on the board as frequently or have, at, uh, right. you're not going to take up four seats at the table. You might have one, but you're not going to get as much play as they are. Yeah. And, um, Google seems to be what I noticed in kind of a post-mortem on a couple of pretty major things that we were involved in for retail was uh, Google f is favoring their own, again, favoring their own product. Right. So we saw the, the increase in, it would be known as Google Express. Express, that blue blimp, yep. uh, hot air balloon. Yep, which is um, uh, their competitive product, if you will, to Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Certainly not as uh, frictionless as Amazon Prime, but um, only the key there is to understand that only major retailers were welcomed into that beta. Right. So your major big box home improvement stores, um, people like that, home goods type stores, uh, major accessory apparel appliances, companies, yep, appliances, yeah. yeah. That Google tends to have those industry verticals in retail that they use to beta test uh, because those companies have the, the budget to yeah. do so. Um, and what was interesting was is I had done a number of tests to see that they were, in fact, favoring their own, they, the, the Express checkout. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if that retailer was tied into Google Express... Um, odds are that ad was going to be shown over the other ones. Yeah, it's interesting too because they they're pushing it hard. Um, you know, I, to switch over into my consumer hat, um, I bought a small television mm -hmm. in early fall, 
and um, Best Buy had it. But if I were to buy it through Google Shopping mm-hmm. uh, and use Google Express for the first time, they gave me twenty bucks off, um, up to or twenty percent up to twenty dollars. And you still off. picked it up in the store? Uh, no, I had, oh, okay. it, I had it shipped to my house. Okay. Um, I mean, it was two days. It came from Best Buy. Still, it was quick and easy. However, um, everywhere I went, I was it, it, my shopping process was probably two to three weeks, you know, before I finally pulled the trigger. And I was being followed like crazy on that, that Google <laughs> Express thing and always being reminded to use it, to use that 20% off. And I finally used it because I got that 20 bucks off. Hmm. And what's interesting now after that first transaction, Google has stored my, um, it, I didn't get a reminder because I, I must have accepted terms and conditions somewhere, but my credit card is now stored in there. In any shopping place I go, Anytime I click on a field that has, Google a, pay. has a card, mm-hmm. a card field, Google asks me if I wants to use that Google mm. Express profile. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and it's so there. It's just Google dominating what it does. Yeah, You're using Chrome and it's a Google product. You know, and, and you're finding your shopping through Google, and it's all coming together. And there, there were it's that whole notion that Ashley has spoken before of that. Um, Google wants you to stay on Google. For sure. You know, we've all talked about it. It's been that way for years now, right? And that's the most disruptive thing that they can do is just keep you in platform. Right. Um, And Facebook's no different, right? Facebook wants to try and keep you there is the reason that, that, you know, your YouTube videos don't autoplay or won't play in Facebook anymore, Mm -hmm. right? They're favoring their own platform over that. Um, I I think, too, in that we're going to see, you know, and, and maybe we'll... It'd be great to do a segment just strictly on retail and e-commerce too, but I think the uh, the the methods of tying in, especially if, if you have the capabilities to do this, you are a local retailer, maybe you have multiple locations. You do maybe if you do a small bit of e-commerce, meaning um, you do a small bit of e-commerce from what you see from a revenue perspective, versus what you do at your brick and mortar locations. But if you have your entire catalog online it's indexable it's crawlable and and you can pull that in to your feeds and you know or pull it in as a form of a feed mm-hmm. tie it in with your with your ads there are extensions that can be used to basically say if you are are doing a search for a particular part particular part number you're able to show whether or not that item is in stock at your local retailer mm-hmm. right so you'll see that with some of your major big boxes um, there's no reason that a sophisticated, uh, like a mid-market size company couldn't do the same thing with a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, e-commerce platforms out there. That's a, I think that's a big power play, um, to help drive brick and mortar traffic from the online world. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Awesome. Well, I think we've got a lot, uh, <laughs> a lot covered here. There's right. a lot of different things. So big, big recap very much. I think, uh, technical side SEO is going to be, uh, very much a thing, uh, this year. Still focusing heavy on. There's a lot of on-page SEO win that can happen. Oh, I've, sure. I've read it. I've read it countless times on moving forward. How on-page SEO is still going to be a driving factor. Focusing Always. on your audience, on your content. Uh, how do you eliminate bottlenecks? Get people through that that yeah. process. Your end uh, to your point there to sum that up. You know, in a PPC world, are you making use of of everything that's handed to you for your audience. So it's uh, segmentation through geographies, audiences, pricing extensions, uh, Google My Business tie-ins, etc. Just you're spending money there. 
you better make an efficient use of it uh, for for what your campaign goals are. Mm-hmm. So cool, cool. Anything else? No, just go do good work. All right. Well, that's the motto for for 2019. Right. So go do good work. All right. Cool. Well, I look forward to future episodes of The Redirect here in 2019. And uh, until next time, good luck. This has been The Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.